Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Miss Kimberly, how are you today? Girl, I am doing so terrific. I was just meditating on the goodness of the Lord and how he just sets us free from the things that bind us. Woo! Praise God for that. Because they keep <laughs> creeping back up, don't they? Yes, indeed, girl. <laughs> well, let me tell you what, sweet Kim. I have a real treat for our listeners today because... I have invited a woman of God. Not only does she love the Lord, but she, like you and I, is all about encouraging Christian women in their physical transformation through spiritual transformation. And her name is Brandis Lardner. Her website that I'm going to say 15 times throughout this call, Grace gracefilledplate.com, gracefilledplate.com, and I've been following Brandis for about a year just through some of her emails, and I love how she writes, and so that really drew me in because she is so authentic, so real, and you can just tell she loves the Lord, and she wants you to defeat Satan in his temptations when it comes to food and fitness, et cetera. But on top of just her love for the Lord, she is so well qualified in this food, fitness, personal training. She was a personal trainer and a nutrition coach for 10 years and has literally trained hundreds of women in helping them. A phrase that she uses that I love, finding peace with food. I love that. I love that. Like, I think a lot of you guys know, I was in the corporate wellness world for 30 years. I have nada credentials, like the school of hard knocks. I have zero credentials. Brandis, on the other hand, is a certified personal trainer through ACSM, which is NASM, which is National Association of Sports Medicine. Let me tell you guys, that is the big kahuna between NASM and ACE, American Council on Exercise. Those are two very high-level credentials. So she's a certified personal trainer. She's a fitness nutrition specialist. She's a corrective exercise specialist. She's pre- and postnatal exercise specialist. And she has a certification with precision nutrition and is a nutritional therapy consultant. So I think I'm going to hang up because I got nothing to add because this is the girl with the brain. So Brandis, welcome. We are so honored to have you on our call. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. And it's funny to hear you gush over the certifications because they're definitely a lot of work. Although I must say that I've never had a client gush over them. So it takes another professional <laughs> to know what is involved. And I have to say, uh, all of that education, nothing is like having gone through it yourself. So I'm so pleased that God has allowed me to you know, as they say, turn my mess into my message and really see him redeem all those years that the locusts have eaten. Well, and before we get started, I know I have some questions for you. I know Kim has some questions for you. But before we get started with that, do you want to tell us a little bit about your story? Like, what what is that that you've gone through it yourself? 
Yeah. How long of a story do you want? Do you want like a one minute oh, version or five you know, sort of the overview. I was in a ditch okay. and God pulled me out. <laughs> sure thing. Yeah. So, you know, I went on my first diet when I was about 14 and that started sort of what I like to call my eating disorder bucket list because apparently I wanted to check them all off of the, the list. And that really led to a season of anorexia and then diet pills and then bulimia and then just getting into a space and place where I was compulsively overeating. And I managed to find some level of food freedom through habit coaching, you know, giving like health tips and, you know, doing like making smart choices and small sustainable changes and all the things I help my clients do. And yet there was something that was still missing, right? I was still binging on carrots. I was still obsessed with, you know, all of these like healthy foods. I thought about my food and body all the time. And I had reached a space and place where I thought I was in my ideal, you know, shape and size. And yet I was completely miserable and bound to all of these things. And I was so lean that when my husband and I decided to start starting a family, I was unable to conceive just because of like a body without any body fat doesn't really like to have babies. And so I submitted to the Lord and uh, followed through and put on some weight. And that led to the birth of my daughter. And that was really the beginning of me truly releasing this journey to him and what it looks like for him. Because so long I said, God, you can come along with me and you can be, you know, like I can, you know, this can be a God, you know, coaching program, right? But it wasn't until I completely stripped aside everything that I thought it was all about and just hung on his word that I was able to see all the stuff he taught me, right? All those certifications, all of this, the coaching has a space and a place, but it has to be under the umbrella of the Lord. It can't be, you know, God sprinkled in. And that is how Graceful Trait was born, just a, a desire to just a bubbling up to share what he's taught me and to help other women step away from the world's ways of trying to manage food and body image stuff and to just increase obsession and really lose the chains. So you can go out and do all the awesome things that God has called you to do. I cannot believe the women, the amazing women of God that the enemy has so tied up with thinking about all of their food stuff when he has so much more for them. So yeah, Amen. that's really my story and how, how Graceful Plate was born. And it's been amazing. So amazing. You know what, Brandis, I am so grateful for your willingness to share that story. And Kim, as you know, also has a story and it matters. It matters to say, look, I've walked the walk you are. I've walked the path you're on and this is how God changed my life. And so, uh, again, grace-filled plate. I know our listeners are going to want to connect with you after this and get better acquainted with you and what you offer. But one of the things that, as I've read your emails over the year and stuff, you use a phrase that I find intriguing, and it's food guilt. Can you explain to our audience what is this that you refer to as food guilt? And how does that, how is that part of your journey and what do we do about it? Yeah. So that is the feeling that comes when breaking a man-made dietary law or really any sort of law for short, right? Like we 
set expectations. This is what I was going to do. I didn't meet the expectations. And it, they may not even be my expectations. They may be something set by someone else. I, I fail to reach that. And um, negative self-talk ensues, beating ourselves up, calling ourselves names, predicting impossibilities of freedom in the future, etc. It's this one bite or this one binge that turns into a, our entire internal environment into a space and place of self-focus, right? It's rarely God-focused. It's all about my behavior, what I did, what I couldn't have, how I was doing things. And it's kind of devoid of the Lord. And it's really the opposite of grace, which is what I like to share. And I'm, I'm you know, I mean, and there's different variations, you know, it's, I guess it's really only a problem when it's become the problem right? like you know there may be someone who occasionally they go out and they eat more than they're like and they're like oh I feel a little guilty over eating that you know what you let it go it's fine but if you're the kind of person that completely robs you of joy and it you know it makes or breaks your day or it kind of sends you over the rails to overeating then food guilt is a real problem and it certainly was for me it certainly was the thing that kept me in negative self-talk vowing to do better tomorrow and led to binging just as a way to escape my negative self-talk and as a way to, you know, get all the food in before I tried to right my own wrongs the next day. You know, it's the, the, the side effect of really trying to be your own savior in a sense. Yes. And Brandis, I, I felt such, as you were talking, I felt I could re- relate to what you're talking about because I, too, have been to that place of food guilt. But, ladies, you know what? I just, um, as Brandis was talking and she was talking about me, 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 and I, 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 I thought to myself, we need to invite the Holy Spirit in. So, mm-hmm. actually, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us really quick. And then, Brandis, I've got a question for you. But let's go ahead and invite the Holy Spirit into our conversation. Gracious yeah. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord God, I am just so thankful that you have called together for such a time as this. We know that it is your desire that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And you have given us the truth through your word. So, Lord, we just are so thankful that our sister Brandis has joined us here on the Stirring Word podcast to share words of truth for the edification of our listeners. So, Father, we just ask that you perfect everything that concerns her and bless her so that she can continue to be a blessing to others. And, Lord, we're asking that you prepare the soil of the hearts of the people who are listening today so that they will receive a word especially for them. And, Father, we will continue to be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise that you so richly deserve because we recognize that we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the power may be of you and not of us. So we thank you, Lord, and we give you praise, glory, and honor in the name and the fame of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, ladies. Now, Brandis, you talk to us about what food guilt is. And I'm just interested in your perspective. Why do we tend to get stuck in food guilt? think a lot of it comes down to control. Like we really just want to feel like we are in control of our own situations. And life is crazy, especially now. And food can become this kind of 
preferred problem in a sense, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen to our job. We don't know how, you know, the pandemic's going to work out, but we know what it feels like to wrestle with a diet. And we can go into this space and place where we're always trying to manage our food and our inability to manage it, right? And that this is the thing that I should be able to do can cause that, you know, incessant food guilt that's always keeping us stuck. It comes from those unrealistic expectations again and from thinking that we in fact should be perfect when there's really only one perfect one. Also, sometimes we get stuck in food guilt because we want to give ourselves an excuse to eat more. Now, this may not be relatable to everyone, but I know many times I set myself up for failure just so that I had an excuse to keep eating. Because if I wasn't mm-hmm. doing well, if I wasn't doing great, I might as well just keep turning to that to just fill the space and the place. But I think mm. ultimately, we just don't comprehend grace and what it looks like. And it's a little scary to go into a space and place that we're not, that we're not cozy and comfortable with. And I think there's a lot of uh, confusion, maybe even just about what it looks like to, to walk in God's grace in this area. So we stay stuck in guilt and we don't see a way out. Oh, and one more. Just have one more. <laughs> um, we can also stay stuck in guilt because we think that the guilt is what is keeping us motivated to keep trying. Like we're in this, we can't see clearly, right? We're like, oh, well, if I stop beating myself up, I'm just going to eat bonbons all day or, you know, or never try to exercise. When in reality, negativity is not moving us forward anywhere. It's not causing an environment internally that's motivated to try any harder. Right? Um, and we're not trusting that God is implanted with us the fruit of the spirit that will actually be the thing that can empower us to do what it is that we're setting out to do. Guilt, nah, just shuts us down, makes us want to hide. Um, causes us a wedge between us and God just because we're afraid or embarrassed to go to him boldly to his throne of grace to receive mercy and help in a time of need. So yeah, it just, it's just, it's a cycle and we don't know how to get out, right? And so we, we stay stuck. Yeah, and I can certainly relate to that being in Georgia because we have red mud and we get tired stuck in the red mud and you keep trying harder and harder and harder and the tire just keeps on spinning around and around and around and food guilt can feel that same way like you're just trapped and you're like you use that as a substitute for grabbing hold of life that becomes your life that becomes your cycle and mm. sometimes you can feel so helpless that you feel oh I just can't get myself out of this and it's one thing that you said that was so interesting and you talked about how it was like your preferred problem because all of these other things that's going around in your life and you're feeling helpless and like you can't do anything about that. But, hey, at least food is something I can control. And I relate to that so much, so much to that because it's almost too like um you have this image that you want to project on the outside that you've got everything together but then secretly you know you really don't have this part of your life together so you get stuck in that so Jude I'm just interested in more learning more about the food guilt and how we can overcome well I am too and I just think this is really a profound important idea and 
what we've discussed is what is food guilt. Brand has shared really insightful insights into why we get stuck in food guilt. But it, it might seem like stating the obvious, but please, Brandis, state the obvious. Explain to our listeners why food guilt is so unhelpful, so counterproductive, so destructive. And again, right, like you think you're doing the right thing by making yourself feel guilty. You really do. And so it does help to have it sort of like bullet pointed out. Like here's, here's actually what's happening, right? Um, food guilt is keeping you thinking all about you. If our eyes are only on our failures and, hey, we're human, we're not going to, you know, our, our perfection is not going to happen, then the self-focus is going to keep your eyes off Christ. We're going to have this horizontal view or this even belly gazing, right, and not this upward focus. So self-focus, I mean, I heard of an amazing Bible teacher, a woman of God, and she said, you know, if I sat around all day and thought about myself, I'd be depressed too. And it just struck me, <laughs> yeah, like we are, we're nothing to really spend a lot of time thinking about when we have Christ to think about and his power and his glory that can set us free. Um, food guilt is also really unhelpful because it keeps us stuck in all or nothing thinking. So I can't eat just a little bit. I won't be able to do that. Like, oh, if I have just a bite, it's going to it's going to snowball into this really, you know, dark place. Like we just can't see it as anything other than really black and white. And there's so much to be found in the gray. Uh, so guilt is not going to show you the route to step away when maybe you've eaten, you've done, you know, let's say you've had two cookies, right? Well, food guilt will blind your eyes to the fact that two cookies in any, you know, calorie tab or diet book is way better than 20, right? Food guilt mm-hmm. will make you think, oh, that was the worst defense ever when God's grace says, you know what, kiddo? Hey, maybe you didn't need the second one. It's all right, kiddo. Let's keep going. Let's focus. So the unhelpful part of food guilt is also that all or nothing thinking. And then it's also because it's expecting us to have those unrealistic expectations. I should be able to print a diet plan off of Pinterest and follow it perfectly. Like that's what we think is going to be the solution to our problem. And so then we feel guilty because we can't. And again, that keeps our eyes off of Christ and stuck in all or nothing thinking. And, you know, anytime we keep our eyes on ourselves, we're on the problem, right? Because we're flesh, you know? And yes, God has us engraved on the palm of his hands. He sings over us. He loves us dearly. However, we are not the solution to our problem. We need to keep our eyes on him who is the author and perfecter of our faith and and let him really work this out for us. Wow. And Brandis, you just took me back when you said, I see this diet on Pinterest, so I should be able to follow this without any problems. And and I thought about the fact that I used to tell myself that story for years because I was a registered nurse. And of course, I knew about nutrition. I knew about diet and everything I should do, but I did not have the power to do it, at least not for long. And one of the things that I thought about when you were talking, Brand, is, is I thought about this quote by Corey Tinboom. 
the phrase you used called, you said navel gazing, and I just had to chuckle about that. But anyway, this quote from Corey Timboom, she says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you mm. look at God, you'll be at rest. So that brings me to another question that I had for you, because you've, you've mentioned this a couple of times and about God's grace and how that's so different than the way the world or the diet mentality tells us to approach this problem. So I would like you to expound a little bit more on why grace is the answer to food guilt. Absolutely. That's my favorite topic. (laughs) So grace is the answer because, again, just kind of how I finished off the last um, section, it keeps our eyes on the Lord. Right. So anything we can do, all my programs that anybody joins, I'm always saying, like, this program is not going to fix it for you. It's not going to be the answer. The only reason why it would ever work is because it's going to turn your eyes upward. And what grace does is it grows us closer to the solution, which is our heavenly father. So grace says that you're not perfect. And he is. It says that you, no matter how hard you try, you're probably not going to nail it. But that's okay. And now if you've been on a lot of diets, you totally think I'm giving you a cough out. I know it. You're like, no, I can't go into it and think that I'm not going to miss, that I'm going to miss the mark. Like that's, negative. Well, actually, we're told in the word time and time again, <laughs> even Paul felt like he was just like the worst ever, right? Like he was sinning and the, the heroes of the Bible struggled and they had challenges. And so to expect yourself to eat perfectly is really just setting you up for disappointment. So again, like that Corey Tindall, I love that quote, you know, we want to be at rest and keep our eyes on him. So you go in, knowing I'm not going to do it perfectly. Okay, guess what this does? This clears out of space for you to not overreact to the imperfections, right? It's the all or nothing thinking where we have one bite and then a slip turns into a slide and it's big and messy and you end up covered in cookie crumbs. What Mm -hmm. we're looking for is to not overreact and to speak to the Lord whenever we have challenges. So grace comes in with the expectations but then it also comes in at the times that we fail to meet those expectations because it's going to happen. It means that we feel comfortable and cozy and accepted and loved so that we cannot just run to him in times of need. We can sprint to him. We can sprint to him in the middle of a, a binge and know that he is going to love and accept us. Just like the prodigal son showed up to his father's house covered in pig slop. We can do the same when we really embrace that God's grace sees Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so we go to him in times of need. And his grace also allows us to, hey, let's say you get, you've been a habit, you've been in this overeating mode for decades probably, and you set out in the morning with the best of expectations, you read your devotional, everything felt great, you lay your head on the pillow and you're like, wow, totally blew it today all day long, just a total disaster, right? Grace says, okay, you come to the Lord, you talk to him about it. The Holy Spirit, the one who knows you intimately, like everything about you, can be there to counsel you and to help you figure out how to possibly do it a little bit better next time. And I tend to use really gentle and kind of um, non-pushy ways, just because diets have spent so long telling us we have to, we can't, we must, like, 
Grace is just a little more relaxed. And one thing, stop me if I'm talking too much, one thing um, that when women start with my programs, they misinterpret Grace as a free-for-all. Like, yay! That means I'm going to eat, you know, donuts all day and have a side of ice cream with my, you know, like, I'm just going for gold. I've not had these foods in a while. And that's actually not what Grace is. That's a fleshly reaction to a lifting of some law, right? The law says you can't, and that brings about an internal rebellion. Um, but grace is a higher standard. Like Jesus said in, that in the Old Testament, it said, do not murder. Well, the new, the new way of being guided by our hearts is don't even have anger with your brother. So it's that heart issue. So coming into his grace and using a grace-filled approach to eating doesn't mean that we eat with complete license. It means that we use the wisdom that he has entrusted us with to step away crazy diet restrictions and really listen to the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Brandis, I love your message because it is so absolutely in sync with the scripture, which is from whence Kim and I come. We talk all the time about we can't, but God can, about how his power is perfected in our weakness, about how God is the one who transforms us by the renewing of our minds, that we don't transform ourselves. He is the one who slowly sanctifies us, and we talk about how it's painfully slow, and just like you said, we get on our knees, we commit our lives, our day, our flesh, the Lord, and then we go out. So thank you that you come from the Word. We appreciate that. Our listeners appreciate that. Before you go, because you have had a, a physical journey, this isn't just intellectual for you. This isn't just something that you learned through study of the Word. You lived this. And my final question for you is, how? How do you go from really being overpowered by food, food being an idol? Kim and I have talked before about, you know, anything that we want more than we want. What God wants, that is an idol, and food can become an idol. And if you can share with us, if you're willing, some specific stories or a specific incident where... Just tell us a little more about your journey of faith, about how you, when you finally hit bottom and you said, look, I can't do this in the flesh, what did that look like? What did, how did that work? And tell us of a failure or two and how God used that to grow you and strengthen you. Absolutely. And I know that you, know, you hear someone's stories, you're like, okay, give me the eight points of what I'm supposed to do, right? And then I'm going to do it and everything's going to be good. <laughs> and we can even turn this this grace journey into a diet in a sense where we're trying to follow these rules. And I've discovered that God really doesn't have a recipe. It's kind of like my husband, I'll, I'll make dinner and he'll be like, that was amazing. I'll be like, well, enjoy it because it's probably never going to taste like that again. <laughs> I don't follow a recipe. And it's so a little bit of my story that is duplicatable is, you know, really speaking God through his his word to see what he thinks about things, not taken out of context, 
not cherry picking a verse, not assuming you know what it means, but like really dig into it and see what he means about grace and eating and law. You know, he doesn't have an actual diet plan in there. So I'm thinking like maybe he doesn't care that much about specifically what I'm putting in my mouth. Meaning like he doesn't have, you know, we should only eat this or only eat that. So what is the guidance that he's giving me if he's, the word has all things that pertain to life and godliness? And we quiet all of the diet chatter and listen to his direction. And, you know, the, the best example I have is the first time that I was about ready to sort of go into bingy mode. I had, I don't remember what I ate during the day, but, you know, I felt pretty good about it. And I ate a granola bar. And now I know everybody's definition of a slip is going to be completely different. But in my mind, anything that wasn't exactly what I planned on was considered bad and brought food guilt up. And I ate a granola bar and I was like, oh, all right, well, screw it up today. Guess it's going to be, tomorrow's going to be perfect. So I'm going to go eat all this stuff out of the house. So it's gone. So I don't have to deal with it tomorrow. And I opened up the fridge and it just occurred to me for the first time, like really, like I'd thought about it before, but it really occurred to me, Holy Spirit, you know, dropped a little knowledge bomb, golden nugget in my heart. And I was like, gosh, continuing to eat isn't actually going to fix anything. Like, this is, this is not going to help any situation. And I, I let my imperfection, that granola bar, or it could have been five, right, whatever it is, but I stopped it in its tracks, even though it was right at the end of the day and I could have set the timer for tomorrow or next Monday when I was going to start fresh. And I really drew the line in the sand and said, you know what, Lord, no matter when it is, no matter if it's, if it's a bite that I throw out in your name, if it's a, a swig of water that I have for your glory, I, I, I made up my mind that I was going to do it with him. And every little seed of self-control, every little seed of health that I could sow, I did. And I expected him to give me a harvest. Right? It's like a mustard seed. It's the smallest seed of them all, and yet it fills a tree that grows a tree that can, like, you know, net the birds of the air can nest in. And so I just had sometimes the pitiliest little sacrifice to give to him, but I gave it to him, and I, I just expected him to show up. So I stepped out in faith and, you know, read his word to affirm the promises that he has given me, and little bit by little bit, bite by bite, he walked me into, into food freedom. Hey, man, right on that. Yes, Brandis, can I, 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 it was one thing I did want to just chime in here. And I was thinking because you're talking about you're going to walk with him through this healing. And, and that's the one thing I think with grace is that it's about this relationship that we have this day by day walk. And yes, some days we're going, not going to do things less than perfect. But And Judy and I have talked about this a lot in previous sessions, but one of the things that I always tell myself is that's a win, and win stands for W-I-N-S, and that is why I need a Savior. So when imperfections happen, when I mess up, you said it yourself about how that slip does not have to become a slide. And that grace place that we're in, we extend grace to others at times, but God calls us also to extend grace to ourselves. 
and to recognize that we are on a journey with him. So I just love your perspective, sister. And it's such a, a grace-filled approach and not this throw the hammer down, law-based approach. But grace says that we are dependent on God and he has made us a promise that says he who has begun a good work in us will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And he makes us that promise and, and he says that and we see that he never gives up on us. So having that grace-filled approach that you're talking about means that we should never give up on ourselves because our trust mm-hmm. is in him and not of ourselves. So thank you so much, sister, for sharing your perspective. It really has been a blessing. Oh, I'm so glad it resonated. You know what, ladies? This has just been a, as Kim said, a blessing. And Brandis, unless you have any final thoughts for our listeners, I would like to close us in prayer. Is there any final thought you'd like to share? Um, you know, just notice the voice of the Lord over the voice of the enemy. And I think that will bring you a lot of joy and direction. The enemy sounds like the mean stepsister, and yet God's voice is the gentle shepherd saying, come here, child. So as you're seeking his will in these in these food choices, even just notice the tone of the direction and the tone of your self-talk. And that's how God speaks to us, right? Through our own thoughts and our own minds and, and commit to listening to only his voice. Thank you so much, sister. And <laughs> again, to remind our listeners who I know want to learn more from you, Brandis Lardner's website is gracefilledplate.com. Dot com gracefilledplate.com okay ladies let's please go before our lord our savior in just such gratitude for this message of grace father we are humbled by your grace we are crumbled by your grace we prefer to walk in the flesh We think we can. We think we can conquer these habits by willpower. We can. I pray this day that for anyone who has heard this message, that you would help them to keep their eyes on you, to rely on you moment by moment throughout each and every day, every single bite that they take, Everything, every single decision that they make that relates to their food, that relates to their physical well-being, that they would see is all related to and all dependent on their spiritual well-being. It is reliant on you transforming them. It is reliant on you changing their hearts. We can only change. We can only better reflect you. We can only move from glory to glory through your spirit. And that comes by getting on our knees, coming before you, confessing our weakness, confessing our sins, that you lead us, pleading that you change us, and knowing that you hear those prayers. That we are, each one of us, riddled with weakness, riddled with frailty, 
But we are slowly being sanctified by your spirit. Why? Because we have accepted your son as savior. And that is your promise. That you are transforming us. So Father, may each one of us, Brandis, him, me, all the listeners, help us to better understand your grace. Help us to rely on your grace. Help us to accept your grace, Lord, for that is the key to peace, not only with food, but with anything that we struggle with on this earth. Your grace is sufficient. May we claim that this day and every day hereafter until we see your face. Thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us and that we can walk trusting your grace and your transformation. We ask all these things. We come to you in the name and the power of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Brandon, what a thrill. So fun. So good to connect with you. We will do it again for sure. Yes, Brandon. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, sister. And uh, may God continue to bless you in your ministry and to let you be a blessing to others. Thank you so much. I receive that. You have a great day. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And please tell your friends about us. If you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message, you can reach Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word.